Our first scripture reading comes to us from John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. It is found on page 95 in your Pew Bible. We invite you to read along. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, you will be made free? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This week in our Lenten study groups, we continue to look at the book Reason for God, and this week, the, the book, you remember, is addressed to skeptics and those who are suspicious about the Christian faith. And this week, the chapter addresses those who think that religion is simply a whole lot of rules, that all we are doing here is checking the boxes to keep God happy. And so our second scripture this morning is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 11, found on page 11 in your New Testament pew Bible, 11 beginning with verse 28. Come to me all you that are weary and heavy, carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Marcia and I are proud grandparents, and one of our grandchildren is named Nathaniel. He and his family live in Norfolk, not too far away. Now, Nathaniel is what is sometimes called a strong-willed child. From the very beginning, this little boy has not wanted anyone to tell him what to do. And a few years ago, his parents signed him up for swim lessons, so he went to the pool there at the YMCA, and they told him to get in the water, and he looked at them like they were crazy, and the teacher told him to put his face in the water, and he says, it burns my eyes, I don't want to do that, and the teacher said to let go of the side of the pool, and he really liked holding on to the side of the pool. The lessons did not go well at all. He failed his first summer of swim lessons. So the next year, she signed him up again. And this year, there was a kinder, gentler teacher. She had a much better way with young children. And she told him it was fine to wear his goggles so that the water would not burn his eyes. And she got to playing games like blowing bubbles. And he thought that was pretty funny. So pretty soon, he's putting his face in the water and he's blowing bubbles. She talked him into letting go of the side of the pool and letting her pull him around while he kicked his feet and he splashed. And 
After a while, after going for some days, she talked him into taking a deep breath and leaning back and floating on the water. And he discovered that the water will hold him up. And so he went from that to dog paddling and splashing around and jumping in the pool and having a grand time because he finally trusted the teacher and learned that the water will hold him up. The message of Holy Scripture from one end to the other is simply this. God comes looking for us. God loved us first and God loves us most. In the face of Jesus of Nazareth, we get the clearest glimpse of who God is And in this Jesus we hear, wade into the water. Trust that God will hold you up. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Breathe deeply and trust. If you've been around a church for any length of time, you have heard this message in dozens of ways. God is for us and not against us. I like the way Thomas Merton used to put it. He said, God is mercy within mercy within mercy. God's anger tarries for a night, but God's steadfast love is for a lifetime. But there is a part of us that is the strong-willed child that is reluctant to let go and to let God We have trouble breathing deeply and floating on this sea of God's love. There's some part of us that thinks there must be a catch. There's bound to be some fine print somewhere. Many folk treat this gospel offer as though it was an internet scam signed by a rich widow from Nigeria. We're just not so sure about this. Some of us cannot quite let go of the side of the pool. We want a security blanket. We want something we can really hold on to. In ancient times, these were called idols. Idols, an attempt to hold on to something other than the living God and to depend on that to take care of us. The problem may be one of self-image, that this leaning on God's love might make us look sort of foolish. I mean, what kind of people spend time praying when nobody is around and no one is watching? Who reads their Bibles in this age of Facebook and iPads? Who joins a small group Bible study to share life's joys and struggles and to admit to other people that sometimes we need a helping hand? Some of this is hard on our self-image as independent people. We want to hold on to something even if it's as dull as concrete. I think for other people... The problem is that we have too much in our pockets, in our calendars, in our closets, in our stomachs. 
We act as though we believe the old joke that says the one who dies with the most toys wins. Our lives feel like that cliche from the sitcom where the person opens the hallway closet and there's this avalanche of stuff that just pours out and fills up the hallway. It's like we are worried about the deep end of the pool And so we've got all this stuff that we're accumulating because if push comes to shove, we could build our own island and we could find a place to stand in the deep water if we just have enough stuff. But after a while, we get weary with the lugging it around, with the juggling, with the scheduling, with the protecting it all. It is a lot of work. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke, it's easy. Let us trade burdens, for mine is lighter, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. Some of us have trouble floating upon this love of God Because our pockets are full with grudges and slights and anger that we have held on to for a long time. It's like stones that we have collected. They make it hard to move around. We are always checking to see if there might be someone nearby that we have to deal with. We have to keep at arm's length. We have to put in their place. And so we have a pocket full of grudges, just in case. When I was in high school, I delivered the morning newspaper. I had a route about 14 blocks long. At dawn, I would walk the route and roll the paper and toss it on the porch. And at the beginning, each morning, when I got to my route, I would pick up a couple of small stones and put them in my pocket. This was back in the day when not all dogs were on leashes or in fenced backyards. If a dog came rushing out to defend his territory, I'd simply take a stone and I'd skip it off the sidewalk in the dog's direction. He always got the message. We keep some stones in our pockets of remembered slights and past injuries just in case we may need some ammunition. And it makes it very hard to float on God's grace. Take my yoke upon you, says Jesus. Learn from me. Empty your pockets. Let go and let God. Now, historically, when Jesus is speaking in those Jewish villages, when he mentions the yoke, everyone in the hearing knows what he's talking about. He is not merely talking about loot or lifestyle or emotional baggage. They know good and well he is talking about the Jewish law, the kosher law, the 600 rules that Moses passed down the rules they had to obey in order to hold the universe together and to keep everyone on the straight and narrow. So it's very strange that Jesus is talking to 
good, upright, strict behavior. Good, upright, strict behavior that keeps us marching around in the shallow end instead of letting us enjoy the gift of floating on God's grace. There is a very great tendency among good, upright people to turn religion into a chore, to turn attention to God into a duty, and to make Jesus just one more box that we need to check on our to-do list this week. And so we miss the point while keeping score. When our children were young, sometimes we'd go up to Montreat and we would camp in the campground there. It is a wonderful campground set along a mountain stream with the rhododendron high and lush on every side. We'd pull in and set up our tent and put a few pots and pans and a little stove on the table and then the children would rush off to the creek to play and Marcia would go for a walk and I would put out a folding chair and I'd sit there and I was now officially on vacation and so I would sit there in my chair and I would look around at the trees and within a few minutes I would notice that the fire pit was in the wrong place. Somebody had messed up this campsite. And so I'd get up and I would go and I would take a little while to move all the stones and put the fire pit in what I knew to be the right place. And I'd go back and I'd sit down in my chair and I'd take a deep breath and, and I'd think, oh, those children have come back up here in a little while soaking wet. All those clothes are going to be soaking wet. We need a clothesline. So I'd go and get out the gear and I'd rig up a clothesline and I'd go back and sit down in my chair and I'd take a deep breath and notice that the ground was uneven, that the chair tilted. I didn't like the chair tilting like that. So I'd take a shovel and I'd level the spot and then I'd work on the rest of the campsite. You get the idea. I would spend the whole morning fixing this campsite that we were only going to be there for a day or two. Turning an opportunity to breathe into chores and duty. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Trust that I know what I'm saying when I say God is love and God is for us and not against us. Breathe deeply, lean back, let go, let God. And you will discover that we do indeed float upon the mercy of Almighty God. This is the gospel message. We are here to listen to the teacher who says, take a deep breath and lean back. Friends, believe in this good news and let us practice floating on the grace of God. Amen.